It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. Yeah, we're, it's like we're doing news every single day for crying out loud because we're trying to catch up uh, because I spent the month of, month of May or the month of month or the month of uh, moving. And so now uh, we're, we're catching up and we're, we're getting back on schedule. I want to make this promise to everyone. I know where we should be at in episodes as far as numbers of episodes go and what should publish today and what should publish next week and all that. And I want everyone to know that although we went for a short time without some episodes, you'll get caught up. You're going to get more episodes to get us caught up. Uh, this, of course, being a news episode, and I'm joined by uh, our very own Mr. Mayor. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, I need like a catchphrase to say every time I sound. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd love it if you would do something, uh, equivalent to, but not exactly like, uh, on cheers kids. Like look norm. Up. Yeah. Norm. I'd love it. Something like that, but I'm not going to go Mr. Mayor, but something that we just, it's not necessarily altogether that clever, but you say something and then I say something. There we go. We'll have to think about it. Think yeah. about it. What's yeah. funny is, is I had the nickname for a very small group of people. For a very short amount of time in high school of Norm. They called me Norm because my friends had lockered at the Bonneville High School right as the on the the right where I'd walk in every morning. Mm-hmm. And so every time I'd walk in, they'd yell, Andrew, until one day I said, Hey, this is kind of like Norm from Cheers. Mm-hmm. And so then I, of course, after that, every day they'd walk in, I they'd say, Norm. And so then it, it became a thing in the hall. And there's like five people that if they call me Norm. Like if I hear Norm yelled from a distance, it's one of five people. <laughs> I love oh. that. I love that. Yeah. I love that about nicknames and and uh, and like past history and stuff like that. I'm not going to call you Norm because I wasn't Please there, don't. but 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 I do like this. Uh, it also is an excellent tease for coming up in the third block of this episode. We name what our temple feature with Corey K. Ward is going to be, and Ooh, finally. We start down the road of giving him a nickname. So, so look uh, forward to that. Uh, <laughs> definitely looking forward to a new nickname that we need in the hall. Well, sure. But, but, but the most important, don't bury the lead there, Mr. Mayor. We decided an, on a name for our temple news that we'll do as every articles of news. And so that's exciting. So is it, if for those listening to the most recent article was, Annette Luthi Lyon, correct? What that name would be, or is it? No, no, no. It's at the was... end of this episode, Andrew. Got it. I've no, already, I know, but re- she... I've already recorded it. Ah, so it's like it. it's in the future for everyone that's listening to this, but it's in the past for me. Ah, There's a time-space continuum, and the me from the future ran into the me. You're just from the blowing past. everyone's mind because everyone thinks <laughs> you sit down and record all these episodes linearly. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep not actually the case uh what's new with you you're at the tabernacle uh, I'm according at the tabernacle. to your background right now uh i will just call it virtually at the tabernacle because i'm still in texas i'm still there i uh i wrote a story yeah uh, a little a little story a little kid's a, story a vignette if you a will a vignette um called the little fence because last weekend we were headed down we were going to go down to houston because my brother moved there and his niece or my niece, not his niece, his daughter, his kid, <laughs> his kid was graduating. And we we're like, OK, we're going to go down there. And as we're pulling out, my fence was sagging. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, crap. So this fence that I knew 
was having trouble since the day we moved in, but I've been just patching and doing minor repairs for six years. It decided it was done. Mm-hmm. And I was I spent. So after going to the graduation and so my Memorial Day weekend on one of the hottest Mays in Texas history, literally, if you look up the records in Austin, Texas history, this is what so I kind of started thinking about procrastinating and then it led into repentance. And then it, re- it just turned into while I'm building the story, this thought and, uh, about the atonement of Jesus Christ and how how we kind of sometimes don't take advantage of it when we should. And by the time we get to it, then it's a big deal as opposed to doing it daily and just kind of the idea of daily repentance. So I, 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 I was, I bore my testimony on Sunday about it. And as I was boring, bearing my testimony, I kind of was describing the fence as if it was a living thing, like mm-hmm. happy and whatever. And one of my, one of my, uh, uh, ward say members, congregants, say congregants, con- congregants, <laughs> one of my congregants, um, texted me afterwards. She says, you should make that into a children's story. And so I literally went home yesterday or is it Sunday, whatever day, whatever day is today, Sunday, <laughs> this last Sunday, um, cause I don't know where I'm at. Um, and, uh, I wrote the story. So anyway, I, I posted it on Facebook and on worldwide unified and a few places and kind of got a lot of good response. It'll be fun. Maybe I'll do something with it, but it was just fun to do and to go through and think through that. So that's what I did. You know, it's all the rage right now to have the uh, illustrated children's books. You might consider it. The problem is, is I'm not an illustrator. So well, I don't no, even... you, no, you collaborate. I or, know. or as the kids would say, you collab. Well, collab. Well, I need to find an illustrator. And I think what's funny is my niece is a really good illustrator. I think that she's also uh, she's done some other project. The one who just graduated. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling she won't. She's probably too busy after mm. just graduating and goofing off for the rest of the summer that yeah you have a feeling because you didn't ask her and i did send her a text well, you, did, say, hey, do you, you didn't want to offend her because you don't know if she doesn't like orange juice so you yeah. didn't want to offend her that's yeah, a good point you make there you go maybe she doesn't <laughs> like fences <laughs> maybe she's wait for it offended okay uh, that little kind of kind of laugh is all you're gonna get Thank you. Thank you. I didn't even deserve that. So I'll take what I get. Uh, that's cool. Uh, have have we shared? We haven't shared that fence story yet, correct? No, I could share it on Facebook if you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's share it on Facebook. Why not? I'll share it on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and then I wrote something else on Facebook. You can go on to the, the Cultural Hall Facebook. I, but if you didn't listen to the 600th episode, stop right now, pause this episode and go and listen to Richie's 600th episode of the Cultural Hall. I was, I was nostalgic and I was moved and I got, I got done to the end, got done to the end. I got mm-hmm. to the end. I got done to the you end. Got to the end. Listen, I've, been, I've been, you're in I've the been, South. You can, I've been in the South. Blend. I can do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's all kinds of things I can do. Anyway, um, I got done to the end <laughs> and I, and, and some of the things that, you know, you were asking about sharing how your feelings. I thought, I should do that. If there's anyone who's been uplifted by the culture hall, it's me. And I needed to make sure I wrote down what that was. So I I did that on on Facebook. And I'm going to share that in the next Articles of News episode we did. But I always think it's weird when someone says something that's kind (laughs) and then they're there. 
and then you share it and then you like it becomes this weird thing so it's like so thank you i'm only bringing it up to point people to it and to encourage people to do the same thing at you can do it on facebook just comment on mine or what's the email address uh, it's contact at the culture hall.com or people can leave reviews. Uh, yep. We recently, in fact, now that I've teased that, I should, I should uh, find the one we got recently. I really appreciated it. It is short and to the point. Um, I bet I'm not going to be, Oh, I am able to hang on. Should have done this before we started this should have pulled up this before we got into this should have planned for me to be able to. All right, hang on. Here comes Here comes the nation. It's always fun. So this is from Baya Masaki. Uh, the uh, the um, review title says "Nice podcast," which I like to which I like to think it's like a little bit like "Hey, nice podcast," right? Like that kind of like that kind of saying of it. And then the review goes, "I love the podcast, especially episode six oh five. Cedar Breaks Band is one of my favorites. <laughs> I just like that. I like that it's like." I like this, especially this one. Thank you. Short, sweet. Leave drives more. up the algorithm. Bring them on. Bring them on. Maybe I should take. take have I? I don't know if I've ever reviewed the culture. Maybe I'll take my little thing. Post yes. It yep. And review I insist. It. And okay. And Apple will let you know if you've already reviewed. So, okay. We'll if that. I've already yeah. done it, because you know I have no idea if I really did or not. Uh, I should uh, tell you, uh, June incredibly busy that's what i'm in the midst of i'm recording in the home studio which is great last night i ripped out a fence no gig last night uh but i have weddings or events almost every day the rest of this month and i'm in the sweet part of of self-employment where it because every every month essentially if i can use a dave ramsey term i have to kill something and drag it back to the cave right Mm-hmm. Like no one is killing the thing for me and then making sure that it is equally parts divvied up between my 401k and my health insurance and all that. Right. So we have had to look at what our monthly expenses are, what things have to be covered. And um, because I have this sweet, anxious brain that uh, accompanies me wherever I go, <laughs> like I, I, I have had to put the number that we have to reach every month uh, on the mirror. And good then, idea. And, and then be like, okay, well, how close am I? You know, where 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 am I at in this whole thing? Am I going to make it? Is this going to be all right? And uh, you want to help Richie? Please donate to the Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, become, become a Patreon. Become it's, a Patreon member. Sorry, it, it it's part of it, and it helps. But I'll tell you what, I uh, I was able to do it for the month of May, and uh, here as we record this, uh, in the first parts of June, uh, I have already made it. For the first part of, or for all of June, by the first part That's of awesome. June. Yeah, but here's the deal. I also realize that there are months where I look at my calendar and go, "Oh, <laughs> there's nothing going on that month. Something better <laughs> fill in there. Otherwise, I'm going to be in trouble." But, but if so you can far, pad them when you have, like, you know, seven years of plenty or seven months of plenty, seven months of, if you can pad them when you have it, then you can ride through the days when you don't. I, believe, I bet you're choosing between Netflix and Hulu now. Uh, we, we aren't to that point yet, but I have thought about that yet. Uh, and, and I believe what you were trying to, uh, reference earlier was seven years of bumper crops are on their their way. way. Yep. Years of plenty, endless wheat and tons of hay. Anyway, sorry. I have been in that show 
more times than you can possibly consider. And I've never been in it. Oh, really? Yeah. I think we talked about this a couple of times. Yeah, we ago. did. Let's I take a break. This. Uh, when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. I want to start here. So uh, this story is a couple of weeks old. As I mentioned, we are trying to, you know, make our way through some of the older news. I let it really sit by the wayside for a while. So I'm trying to catch up because I think it's important to be able to address these things. Uh, But uh, it's starting dark. This is one of the older stories that I have. I just want to be able to get this out here so I can delete it and not keep reading it and going, oh, there was a uh, a gentleman. Oh, and this may be one of those stories that if uh, if you got the younger ears, I'll I'll keep this pretty moderate. But if you got the younger ears, uh, be aware, I guess. I'll keep it pause, turn it down, fast forward, whatever you come come back. Uh, There was a registered sex offender uh, who became a leader in a Utah congregation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, Then he moved to Minnesota. His name is Michael Adam Davis. He's 37 years old, and uh, he has been found uh, guilty of additional, uh, you know, victims. There's more charges in Minnesota. What's that? I said, there's more. There's never just one. Well, yeah, no. So what one. happened was, is he he got uh, removed from his calling and put on the list here in Utah. Then he moved to Minnesota and then he got called again and then uh, got charged uh, in different issues, different cases than what happened here in Utah, which it, uh, there are states. I found this out this last week. This is the big push. And so this that's the dark part of this. Here's kind of the exciting part of this. And I really don't know why anyone would be against this. I would be curious of, as an opposing side on this. Um, but there are states in the United States that if you are going to work with kids, you have to have a three-part background check, which this would have been discovered, obviously, in his three in his three-part background check. But I know the, the state of Pennsylvania does it, requires it. The state of California does it. And what I don't know is why the church just doesn't adopt it. I don't get it either. I, yeah. It seems like a the simplest and easiest way with they, they, it can be done as part of the process. If someone's concerned when they get called to be a bishop or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. that they're not going to pass a background check. They'll just say, you know what? No, thank you. I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, then and, if they're if they if they're trying to hide it, it'll show up on the background check. So you're covered. I mean, you know, it can be simple. It doesn't well, have to be a thing. And the thing, and the thing to me is, is you know, where where I guess maybe people on the other side would push and be like, "Well, don't you believe in repentance and that people can change?" I do, but but, but should I be, get, they be working with kids. Yeah, but I, I mean, guess to yeah. me, it's like, 
and this is a, a false equivalency, but like if there was an alcoholic, this is going to be a horrible example because we don't do alcohol in, in the church. Although story coming up about alcohol in the church. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, we wouldn't call someone who is a recovering addict to have opportunities to be around alcohol, you know, in right, you know, at, or to, to distribute the medicate like you wouldn't someone who's addicted to painkillers probably shouldn't be working at a pharmacy right right <laughs> and, and maybe under saying. strict ob- observation you know like i don't i don't want to i'm never uh i'm never i was about to say i'm never a fan of always and never so i just don't, i think most of the time we can kind of err on it on the side of caution and it's like oh listen but but this person is so great with kids and it's like yeah that person may be so great with kids but guess what also this happened in that person's past and now they're denied the privilege to be able to do i think i'd push thing. back also on the repentance thing that that um a calling in the church isn't doesn't provide you with salvation hmm. so the repentance thing like Okay, we there's you know, hey, they've repented and stuff, but having a calling in the church is it's kind of a privilege. And so I think that you can in this life remove yourself from privileges mm-hmm. that you'll never get back. You know, or and also receive blessings. So while repentance does wipe away the sin in God's eyes, mm-hmm. it, no more scarlet or whatever the Isaiah scripture is. <laughs> I'm really bad with this today. No Script, more scarlet. Script, scriptorian Andrew Mayer. I am so on it. <laughs> But um, uh, white as snow and scarlet. Yeah, something yeah no, weird. I got it. Everyone knows what you're anyway, talking about. Anyway, um, but the you know there was a the, it doesn't take away the the mortal consequences and of of this life. It really doesn't. Think about it from this perspective. If you like, if you were a deacon, right, and in when you were twelve, and then you left the, left the church where you just didn't go to church for fifty years, mm-hmm. and you got married. And you had kids. They all stayed in the church. They got married in the temple. They they were able to get um, uh, priesthood blessings and everything else from someone else. Mm-hmm. And then you came back in at your sixties. You said, "You know what? I will join the church. Come back to church." And I, you know, and you could you could you could fully repented of everything you've done and move on. You, there is nothing that will give you those blessings back that you missed from that time that you. There's nothing that you can do. To, to be able to go back, you can't give your son the priesthood after he already has it. You can't mm-hmm. go to the temple with your daughter, you know, for marriage. So there are things you can do to, to, to keep you from having mortal blessing, mortal opportunities, maybe is the better way to turn. And I think this is one of those. Mm-hmm. If you've done this, you can make it so maybe, maybe being a bishop or maybe be working with the youth is not something you can do. That doesn't mean you can't serve. You can serve in the elders quorum presidency. Even then, maybe there's a question there, but um, you can serve somewhere, but you just can't serve working directly with kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm for background checks for everyone. And guess what? We've got enough money. We could do that. In fact, we could even start like a background check department of the church to save us some money. No reason. I would donate it to, I would, you know, if you want to put, I literally would, if you fast offerings and then background checks. I would too. I know a lot of people feel yeah. very similar. Like I so, have to for work. You had to for work? Yeah, I had to go through a background check just to get my job. Well, but that's for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone kidding, does. Kidding, <laughs> kidding. All right, what do you got? Oh, uh, so 
I was reading, it's on the Deseret News, and at first it seemed to us a forgotten 1842 legal document reveals Joseph Smith's lawsuit. And I thought, okay, this is going to be awesome. Juicy? Juicy. And it was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, a legal case against Joseph Smith where I guess he, he sent um, uh, George Miller to do some church work and get some, acquire some assets for him. And he was arrested. George Miller was arrested or uh, I don't know if it was arrested, but he had some debts in St. Louis and he was called on those debts and they seized church um, assets to pay George Miller's debts. And that's what um, Joseph Smith was, um, was suing for, which he lost um, because they were already gone and spent well after <laughs> anyway yeah. i read this thinking okay there's going to be something important here and i think that there's it's interesting that they there's his, history people probably eat this up because it, it talks about these different things and shows about you know how the church was working and stuff but i'll tell you the headline was everything and i shouldn't have read the the, <laughs> the article but if you are into the history stuff and you like the nuances of legal the legal suits of the church. It's a good article. So what, what I liked about it or what I found fascinating is that there are still like court archives where stuff like that can be found because it was, you know, someone going through that was dust, interesting to me. the dusty boxes. And then it's like, oh, I, what? What is, what is this? What is this we have here? Hey, Joseph Smith. Yeah, is something, you know, it wasn't about polygamy. It wasn't about, you know, anything else. It wasn't about like breaking the news paper printing press or anything it was it was just a simple lawsuit about church assets so uh you know th speaking of like finding old stuff this was an interesting uh kind of article it's much longer than what we'll talk about but emily Utt, who is a historic sites curator for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints uh is cited talking in this article about the utah state capital time capsule refill uh, that is uh, Spencer Cox, previous guest of the Cultural Hall, uh, he recently dug up um, uh, a, a time capsule that had been buried uh, into the state capitol back in 1914. Um, he then put in some, you know, items from from our day and time. And then it sort of goes into the why do people do time capsules? And then it wanders into southern Utah, into the St. George Tabernacle. This is why I bring this this article up. Uh, the St. George Tabernacle time capsule opened back in 2016, wound up to be a particularly special discovery. Old newspaper records indicate that the capsule was placed inside the building back in 1867. As construction continued, it contained books and documents from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and supposedly coins, too. Yet what made this capsule unique was that it contained a bottle of wine. This bottle serves as a reminder that Brigham Young intended on making southern Utah a wine-producing region in addition to other agricultural needs. It wasn't unusual for wine to be used during church sacrament meetings at this time. St. George was one of the wine missions. Wine was being produced in Tokerville, which is just outside of St. George, and Santa Clara, also just outside of St. George. And the sacramental wine produced in St. George became the sacramental wine used throughout the church. And then it goes on to talk about uh, how... Uh, you know, wine was discontinued, etc., and then goes through various uh, tabernacles that have 
time capsules. It's just an interesting article about why we do time capsules, the different things that have been found. You remember and when the, they... It's when interesting they, that we used to have wine. We yeah. all know that. Yeah. And nowadays, people whine about wine. Boo. Boo. Uh, I want to, I know it's time for your story, but I want to just share this. There's a great story from Reddit that is trending recently uh, about this guy. He's an amazing chef and he moves into a neighborhood in Utah and he wants to, you know, thank the neighbors that came over and helped him move in. Right. As he tells the story, they thought it was going to be four or five hours of moving, but 15 people show up and they were done you know, in a matter of minutes, as opposed to the length of time that he thought it was going to take. And, and because he's a chef, he said, please, I would love to have you come over and I would love to cook for you. And so they did and he did. Um, and he made a French meal. Um, and he, uh, let's see. Bum, bum, bum. So snails. what happened? It was all snails. Yeah, it was nothing. Snails but and butter. Uh, the man ended up preparing a four-course French dinner for the three other couples, right? And this is, you know, wow, this full-blown thing. However, this is where this is this is where the story goes awry. He goes, "Am am I the a-hole?" says the 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 uh, the uh, title on the uh, Reddit thread because he put because of how it is, it's cooked. He put alcohol in the um in the like reductions and in the pan sauces um that he that he put together and the the couples were like this is delicious and we must have the recipe he of course not being a member of the church shared the recipe with them and, and they, then they, they were like it. oh I, I can't believe you would try and trick us you are trying to <laughs> bring us down the path steadily to hell you are you know all of these things and and um and he was like no no now, now, maybe I should have researched dietary restrictions of the LDS people before I cooked for them. That's a terrible way to respond to it. And, and then there's the other thing. But apparently it has. And this, But I'll tell you, he is not the a-hole. Yeah. The person, well, maybe. I, I think. I mean, he, couples, not for this. Not for this scenario. Yeah. He might be I, in a he might be yeah. outside of this. I mean, sure. he might just be a general a-hole. Yeah. But not because of this. But his wife. Uh, as as it continues on, has said, hey, you know what? I think that you've ruined our chance to make friends with these neighbors because of what you did. It's a fascinating look at, uh, you know, this whole thing. Now, here's the deal, and maybe this is too self-confessing. If someone made a pan sauce that had alcohol at the beginning of it, I, I'd eat that all day. Me too. Because I, I don't think it's enough. I don't, th I don't think it's like I'm going and partaking of alcohol i think the the point is there, there's a point to it and i'm not actively putting it in myself right. like if i'm at a restaurant like i right. i i know there are things that i order that likely are when i'm out um traveling for work there's no way i could get around the fact that there's probably going to be alcohol in some of the reduction sauces yeah that are made just the nature of the thing of a steakhouse i'll be in vegas the rest of the week I'm sure we'll eat at a steakhouse and I'll almost guarantee something I eat has a little alcohol in it, whether it's the dessert or the reduction sauce or something, something like that. It, it's, it doesn't, in my opinion, break the word of wisdom. You know, it just, it's, it's kind of, it, it's kind of, it's kind of too dogmatic to act that way. And it, it's like, what is the point? 
Well, yeah. And to me, that's kind of the thing that echoes in my mind is, okay, am I going to eat so much of this pan sauce that I'm going to get blitzed? Right. Like that just sounds ridiculous, but I, I guess I'm sensitive to the other side, which is I don't want to be like, Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. And then, you know, find myself in some sort of situation where I'm like, Oh, I've owed my, Oh my, that's fine my way into, you know, something that that is against the word of the wisdom. You know, you can make the argument, okay, if you had had a neighbor and you'd had some obvious conversations with them and they mm-hmm. you knew that they knew and then they did it anyway and didn't tell you and threw it in the, that's where I would be like they did it on purpose. Right. Now I would probably take offense at that. Like 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 for instance, if I had a neighbor and we were talking about beer battered chicken or beer brats or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and I said, you know, I really try to stay away from that stuff. So I don't do that. And I made sure to tell him. And then he invited us over and he made sure to do it and then made sure to get get me some of those just to see if if I'd, I'd eat it and then kind of, OK, that that's a betrayal. The other yeah. the other thing. Yeah, but is, that's a friend betrayal. I still don't yeah, feel yeah. like I still don't feel no, like reading it in that way. That like that then you need to go yeah, to the bishop and yeah, be like, oh, my the, gosh, forgive I me. Hate for, a beer. I think yeah. the bishop would look at you and go, all right. <laughs> What else do you got? Yeah, <laughs> I've got a twelve thirty and a one o'clock. Are we, is this what we're doing this, today? Yeah, but I have this... a lot to do. Yeah. I have a lot to do. Okay, I'd be curious to other people's input. Contact at theculturalhall.com. What else do you got? Well, there was uh, I'm gonna mispronounce their name. Well, Joe, I won't mispronounce. Joe and Marcin. Um, it's his son. I'll Life. Okay. Yep. We'll say Marcin. And if it's not your how to pronounce your name, um, write us at contact of the culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they left their they left Nauvoo last September and they recreated the and they the the path of the Mormon pioneers, the members of the Church of Jesus. We call it they're still yeah, Mormon they pioneers. were Mormons when they traveled they west. The Mormon pioneers. Um, leaving Nauvoo, they actually left in September when about the time they would have been kicked out, um, and then stopped in winter quarters. And then they, they are making their way. They will be in the Salt Lake Valley to be there for pioneer day. I always think it's, it's fun and interesting when people do this and recreate it. I kind of, I kind of think it's, it's awesome, but I kind of also wish they would throw some extra fun like make them like run through fields of mud that they can't (laughs) but they're on like slightly paved roads and or mostly paved roads or at least taking care of dirt roads you know and it's not quite the same even though it is pretty cool that they did it i'm not trying to knock what they did but you know they probably had cell phones and they probably didn't have to light their fires with uh, buffalo chips and (laughs) things like that but i'm just saying uh, what, what I, uh, what I appreciated is when we shared this on the cultural halls, Facebook page, someone said pioneer LARPing at its best. And I was like, yeah, that's what this is. It is yeah, pioneer LARPing cosplay. Yeah. It's cause cos- we, sh- we should have a pioneer con. Uh, can you imagine? And, and everyone shows up and you can't tell who the polygamists are, who aren't, you have to ask. Well, and, and. And, and there's, I guess there's part of that that could be pretty awesome, right? Like the meals, the Dutch oven meals oh, yeah. that you would do and all that stuff. Um, 
couple things that I thought were kind of interesting. Uh, so BYU has entered the the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, and um, when the Big Twelve Conference formally invited BYU, uh, it meant that they had to change um, their tournament schedules because lots of college uh, teams and and groups will play on Sunday. BYU obviously not going to play on Sunday, and so uh, as part of the Big Twelve, that means. Um, that if B, if BYU makes it into championships, that they push off the Sunday and go to the Monday. I thought that that was kind of an interesting adjustment that they did specifically for BYU, uh, is making them welcome within the Big 12. Another kind of quick sports story is there's only one Latter-day Saint hockey player in the NHL. In wow. the entire National the entire... Hockey League, there's He's one. In. And his name is Derek Ryan. He's a convert to the church. Uh, he's on the Edmonton Oilers, and it's you know it's mildly fascinating that uh, is it because they, of all the tobacco they chew? I'm no, just kidding. I think I'm it's just the joking. fights because contention oh, is of the devil. Oh, there I you think go. That's why there's that's only what the keeps one. that's what keeps him away. But it's interesting <laughs> the the reason why he uh, chose to join the church or a large portion is because uh, the word of wisdom stuck out in particular to him. Wow, so that's cool. Yeah, kind of fun. Uh, what else do you have? So Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I've got two things about the Norman, Mormon Tabernacle or the, the Tabernacle Norman. Choir, <laughs> the Norman Tabernacle, uh-huh. the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. I, after all this time, I still struggle to say it that way. The, it just the Tabernacle Choir seems. Tabcats to makes it so much easier, but it I know that not everybody loves that. But anyway, they just recently had 27 choir members and five orchestra members um retire which is okay. a, a big number they had a big nice big event um michael olevitt uh former governor who's now president of the the tab cats spoke and um they they did a, a little thing for each one of them gave them a plaque so that's pretty cool and it was quite a a, a big event and that's a lot of people retiring but that leads into the second um article which they're related is that this June, right now, starting June 1st, which mm-hmm. was a few days ago, you can, up until, uh, you can start submitting your applications for auditions. Do so it. If you, if you are interested in being a member of the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, I'll get it right this time, um, you can submit that up until midnight on Monday, August 15th, 2022, um, you must be a, a member of good standing in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, be between the ages of 25 and 55. They do make you retire after that, which is probably what happened to all these people. And then currently reside within 100 miles of the tabernacle in Salt Lake City, which, you know, keeps me from applying. Move back There's, home. Move back home and join. Someday I will. Maybe. I don't know if I will, but someday I might. Let's yeah. say it that way. Someday I could. I mean, I, I'm always the more the Tabernacle Choir guy. I always talk about it on here. So I, I think I'd like to, uh, m- if anything, so that every year I can go to the Christmas concert. <laughs> yeah. So you can get tickets. You don't have to get online. I'll tell you what. Uh, it's in my blood. It's in my family's blood. My grandpa was a member of the Tabernacle Choir for 20 years. Wow. Yep. My uncle, he did the he did a stint as well. So it needs to come into this generation are you well are you well she might go back farther than that uh i'm sure it does go back farther than that actually but um but no one in my generation because obviously my uncle is my dad's generation and then my grandpa is his generation as well but need to 
We need to get it. Because it, it, I mean, the, the choir that eventually became the Tabernacle Choir, and it's really one of the cooler uh, Christmas presentations, was it tells a story of this little Welsh choir that came across the plains. And that's that's the kind of the, the center point that, that built what we now know as the Tabernacle Choir, the little Welsh choir. So if I you're don't Welsh, know this story at all. I'm going to I'm going to find someone to tell us this history. Oh, you can find the, just go to the. Oh, yeah. Have someone actually tell us the history. Yeah. And then if. In the meantime, everyone who's listening, just YouTube Tabernacle Choir Story Christmas Concert. They did it. Um, it's uh, Sing Choirs of Angels, I believe, is the title of the Christmas concert that year. And um, it's really, really good. It tells the story. At first, when I thought, oh, they're going to tell the story of the Tabernacle Choir. Oh, this is going to be a sucky year. <laughs> I was crying and I loved it. It was one of my favorites. <laughs> I can't believe you thought it wasn't going to be good. All right. Uh, I, I, I want you to pick a number between one and three, and that's going to tell me which story. I've got three quickies I'm going to get in here. Three. All right. So the third one, let me get to this real quick. There was some vandalism on an Olympia ward. So this is in Washington. Uh, this, is, uh, it, this is unusual because they normally don't say what the um, vandalism says meaning that, you know, graffiti on the side of a church. Normally it's blurred out. Normally they don't quote it within the article, but this at a church, there was one at a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, another at a Catholic church, uh, and another um, uh, at, at a city building. Um, what, the, uh, what the graffiti said is, if abortion isn't safe, neither are you. And then had an anarchy symbol on the side of this Olympia Ward. This, of course, after the leaked uh, message of the uh, Supreme Court, maybe reeling back Roe v. Wade. Um, but I thought that that was an interesting thing. It obviously is a hate crime. It's it's threatening. It's intimidation. It's all the things that um, we hate about stuff like that. But that up in Washington, uh, fascinating that they wrote that, and then also fascinating that the uh, folks decided to include it. All right. So now one or two, uh, whichever ones, this is us. Uh, neither of them. Are oh, this is us. I thought, that, okay, good. We'll have to say that for a future episode. Yeah. Um, then one. Okay. Kirby Hayborn, you know, oh, perfect. Uh, episode two of the cultural hall. Uh, he's back. Uh, the headline would did, make you think did he that, go away? that they are surprised that he, first of all, went away. And second of all, that he was unexpectedly hilarious. Which, if I I've was Kirby, pretty if I was Kirby, I'd be upset about something like that. Um, he plays a young Elder Johnson, uh, Elder Kelly R. Johnson, from the October 2020 General Conference talk about the microwave, and you can see him swinging the microwave. You remember they uh, turned the microwave on, and there was nothing that was in the microwave, and it started on fire, and the the Elder Johnson had to take it out of his house because it was going to burn down his house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyway, Kirby plays the young Elder Johnson, and his facial expressions in that video alone are worth it. So you should check that out. Link in the show notes. And then uh, because you didn't pick, I'm going to give you the final one. We talked last Articles of News episode about mom talk. This about the soft swap, the oh. swinging in Draper, and you know that mom talk is all the rage. Well, there's also none talk, not N-O-N-E, but N-U-N talk, none talk videos that are going viral. So 
are are nuns out doing the little no. weird dances? No, <laughs> no. Although that would be awesome. Uh, they are are sharing their skincare routines. Uh, okay. they're having uh laughter and uh, joy, and feeding the birds. Uh, yeah. top the toppins a bag. By the way, yeah. if you're yeah. wondering how much it costs. Uh, but they have more than 27 million views. It's hashtag none N U N talk. Oh my gosh! And uh, oh my you can heck. follow you can you can follow uh, an Episcopal nun who runs at nonsense for the people N U N nonsense for the people has 160 thousand followers, 1.4 million likes. Uh, before joining the convent, she performed in an acoustic rock duo, and now she's a viral TikToker. You can see them feeding the birds in Venice, Italy. They feed large flocks of pigeons. It's it it is what your heart needs uh, to feel good about everything that we talked about in the last episode. I was going to say because after the last one, uh, uh, it's none I, none. I was talk. disturbed. Yeah. The, so, so this this would be a great way to cleanse the palate from our previous the previous one about the Mormon t- TikTok mom mom talk <laughs> soft, mom talk and as it turns swinging. out. And as it turns out, I know a couple of those people. Really? I did, yeah, I didn't realize that, but I was talking to some friends who said, yeah, this is who this is. And I said, well, shut up. I had no well, idea. What's weird is I've heard of those. Like, I've had friends tell me about like, people in their stake that they like uncovered this group. And I'm like, how do they come? How do they start? They start within the church somehow. It's like, how do how does that first conversation? I just to me, it's like, yeah. OK, how do you get there? What kind of amen? Steps? Do you want to come over to my house and bring your car keys and we'll put them in a bowl? Like I just, it doesn't. It, like, how do you get? Who makes the first? Is it a joke? And then everyone's like, "Well, <laughs> I don't well, know." Yeah, and and I guess some sympathy or my heart goes out a little bit because my suspicion is is that probably um, within the couples that there's one who is sort of interested in it. And then the other couple, oh, because sure. they love that individual so much is like, ah, I don't really love this, but I love you and I want to be supportive. And I, I would suspect that in some cases, you know, that's how that begins or, or proceeds. So it's like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, this is something I've chosen to do. Well, I love you and you know, you love us. Yeah, and I doubt you know, that ever ends well. No, I yeah, I don't suspect that it ever does. Let, what, two last things, then we're done. You ready for this? Yep. Rosie O'Donnell uh, back in the news because she posted a, a picture of her uh, girlfriend Amy. A lot of people going, wait, what does this have to do uh, with the? Well, that's LDS what I saw, church? and I didn't read it. So tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her girlfriend Amy raised in the uh, LDS Church in oh, okay. uh, in Boise, Idaho. So it's a stretch to get it in <laughs> with this. There you go. Uh, and then this. Um, they have now wrapped up under the banner of heaven uh, that the Hulu series that we've talked quite a bit about. Uh, I am glad that I watched it. I would love other people's comments about it. Contact at the cultural hall.com. I did uh, not watch it. I hate true crime. So that's probably yeah. why I did. Well, it it's fictionalized enough that I think that you could, could grab it without feeling true crimey about it. Okay. Does that make maybe, sense? Uh, maybe I'll I mean, it's it a true story. It's based on very much on a true story. But there's a lot of fictionalized stuff. I, I know the character of Andrew Garfield is a complete fiction, yeah. kind of a conglomerate of other things and people together. So, um, but there's a new series that will start uh, here very soon. 
Uh, it's called Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. This is going to be over on Netflix about uh, Warren Jeffs, about the Elf FLDS, Ooh. the abusive polygamous Mormon cult. That uh, I won't called, watch. Yeah. And it's not because I don't think we should expose it. I'm glad that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. That just the just the news reports disturb me about yeah. that that world. So. Yep. So that's it. Coming up on uh, the next articles of news, when we get the chance, we're going to talk about uh, gospel lessons you can learn from from uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and from This Is Us, plus a missionary that's waited forever to be able to serve. There's a tease for you when we get back to articles of news. <laughs> bestdjinutah.com. That is the website. If you would like to hire me to come and to be at your event. Now, uh, I've done weddings and uh, family reunions, and I've had the opportunity to gather with folks just uh, for a party. I have yet to do a funeral. Uh, and so I, I don't want to say it with such exuberance, but I'm willing to play the music at a funeral, and I know that some people have really started to turn uh, the passing of someone into a party. Not that we're celebrating that they're gone. No, that's not what I'm saying. Take that back. Come on, Richie. I'm just saying the opportunity to be able to gather and celebrate the life of an individual. This suddenly got really dark, and I didn't mean it to. The point is, if uh, you have an event, an activity that you need music to be played for, why not considering consider rather hiring me uh, you go to bestdjinutah.com hey friends dan the laptop man from pc laptops as you know there's been a huge video card shortage for computers we have tons of nvidia and amd video cards right now available with complete systems check us out right now at pclaptops.com here in the third block of the cultural hall it's time for the uh, wait for it. Everyone do a drum roll on your own respective laps. Don't do it on someone else's lap. We always had to, someone had to say that to us in elementary school all the time. I don't know. Like I never did it. I never saw that anyone did it, but they would always say, do a drum roll, please, on your own respective laps. Uh, we have named this feature. What is it? My own respective lap. We're going to call it the temple ticker. At least for now. That's what we've called it. Uh, with uh, Corey K. Ward, which I feel like uh, you're going to need a nickname, too, because everyone that steps into the cultural hall has a nickname. Before we get into the uh, temple ticker, is there a nickname that you've had throughout your life? Well, I have a short enough name that, no, I guess I don't. Yeah. And I feel like with the last name Ward and the fact that this is a uh, show available in podcast form about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there seems to be something just right there on the surface. Well, I mean, my mom called me Korahor, but I don't know if that's very appropriate. Yes, done. <laughs> your mom really called you Korahor? Was it when she you made did. poor choices or just because your name was Corey? Probably both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Probably both. I was also called the Pharaoh. I don't know. How come the Pharaoh? I just think because I was the first child, they were like, man, this child's really demanding. But I think they discovered <laughs> that all children are like that. Yeah. They <laughs> called you the Pharaoh. Okay. Well, that one. Uh, I hate to keep kicking a can down the road, but it'll either be Korahor or the Pharaoh uh, will be the nickname. Uh, you're here to talk about temple stuff, not about your nickname, not about how your mom was challenged by you as a child. Uh, where do you want to start for this week? Um, well, we got news this week that uh, as temples are reopening, most of them are, you know, the phase four, they're reopened all the way. Um, before the pandemic, you could, most of the temples you could go and, just walk in and do an ordinance um, for the, obviously for the dead. 
And so, but now the church has announced that some temples will return to that format so you can just um, walk in without an appointment. But uh, at least as I understood it in, because they read the letter in, in my ward on Sunday, that if you have a reservation, you trump people that just walked in. So you can still get reservations, but uh, if you're a walk-in and there's a reservation, they'll take the reservation person over the walk-in. That's right. Um, I know temples like the Provo City Center Temple, they only have sessions every hour. So that 6 p.m. on the weekend, you definitely probably need a reservation for that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go sometime in the afternoon during the week, that's, you're probably fine. But where you can just go online to the website doesn't cost anything. I don't know why you wouldn't just get a reservation and go because it in and, and this is this is a skewed way of looking at it, but and it's been a few years since this has happened to me. But is there anything more annoying than where you've set like that time away and you know it's hard to get away, but then you finally get in the walls of the temple and you're trying to get in the right spirit and you have to wait? Is there anything more driving of the spirit than having to be like, oh, no, I wanted to make this a four-hour affair. Sorry, people on the other side of the veil. I have a bad attitude, so you're not going to get as much out of this. Yeah, this is one of my ideas of why there are so many new temples being announced in Utah, because I think one of the biggest frustrations is going to the temple and then having to wait. And so mm-hmm. if there's a lot more new temples in Utah, there'll be a lot less waiting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of it. So still get your reservations if you can, but it's all right to drop in. I like that. Uh, also, it seems like uh, the groundbreaking that happened over the last weekend as we record this, it seems like that came out of nowhere. Uh, it was announced beforehand, <laughs> but yeah, it was um, the Burley Idaho Temple. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, they broke the ground on June 4th. Um, this was, the presiding official was Elder Brenton Nielsen. This is actually his hometown. He was born in Burley, Idaho. And do we know Elder Brent Nielsen? He's not a, he's not a, you know, an apostle. He, he's a 70, I presume. Yeah, there's not many. Apostles only do groundbreakings occasionally. Most of the time it is a, a 70 or an area 70. Interesting. That. I didn't realize that. And so uh, Burley makes what number in Idaho now? Well, it'll be the seventh in Idaho. Okay. And then there's two more coming, the Rexburg North Temple and also the Montpelier Idaho Temple. And we know the location for Montpelier. We know the location for Rexburg North, but neither of those two have ground broke. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. They haven't officially announced the Rexburg North one, but everyone knows where it is. How, how does how is that? Someone squealed. Someone wasn't uh, supposed to. Yeah. Well, if you just look, the church recently bought that last year, and uh-huh. then on the East Idaho News, there was the the couple that sold the farm. Basically, said, "Yeah, this is where the temple's going to be." <laughs> <laughs> and the and the church is like, sure, you know what? Never mind. It's fine. Everybody <laughs> knows. It's fine. Uh, what what else in way of temples? Okay, so this is something that has not gained a lot of attention. Um, the Hong Kong Temple, Hong Kong China Temple, had an open house the last week of May, May twenty third through the 29th. The mm-hmm. only news we got of this beforehand was on a few days before on the Hong Kong. Um, newsroom of the church. And because I don't check that website very often, I, I didn't see this until the open house was already over. Yeah. Would you have made the trip? <laughs> I don't think so because there have a lot of COVID restrictions right now. And so this is probably one of the reasons why um, the temple just had kind of had a, a very um, non-published open house. Most probably mostly members and a few friends probably got to tour it. About 3000 people got to tour it. Wow. Uh, and not published in any of the church media, obviously, aside from the, you know, Hong Kong newsroom of the church. That's right. It didn't get picked up by the, the international newsroom. It didn't get picked up by KSL, Desert News, or even LDS Living, which 
you know, eats the stuff up, they pick up everything about temples. So, and it's a re it was a rededication, right? The temple was already there. They just uh, essentially changed it over. Yeah. So if you remember uh, the history of this temple in the nineties, president Hinckley wanted a place in Hong Kong that, um, could do temple work. And back then the church didn't have a lot of land. And so they wanted to have a, he wanted to have a multi-purpose building, which had a chapel offices, apartments, and then on the top floor is um, temple. And so in this renovation, basically they've turned the whole thing into temple space. The there's new chapels around um, just one across the, across the street. And then one across the city that has um, the offices for the area. And so now I guess part of the renovation was to just make a little bit more space for that. Took off the Moroni. There was a Moroni originally. Now there's no longer. Yep, they took that off. They, did, they took move, off the... did they move the baptismal font where Temple was on the top? Is do we because there's always that debate, right? That when people talk about that that temples are constructed, that the baptismal font has to be below the ground. So essentially you fall into or you know, you go below the ground and then rise again. But that wasn't the case in Hong Kong. I, I don't it I'm not familiar enough. I've I read conflicting sources. Um I've I this week I actually wrote an article. If you go to thisweekinmormons.com. I've never heard of that. Is that what is is that a <laughs> is that like a website that people go to? It is a website. Okay. okay. Thisweekinmormons.com. That sounds interesting. So this is one of the only media sources where you'll find information about this open house. Um, but I included some pictures um of the temple, of the changes that will happen, and then on the um bottom of the article, I have the sketch, the original sketch from President Hinckley. And mm-hmm. in that sketch, he has the baptistry on the top floors. But I've also read that that might be, the baptistry might be on the bottom floor. So I would have to go there to, to verify that. So we need to get in touch with someone uh, that's listening in Hong Kong. It's contact at theculturalhall.com so that people can say, yeah, it's downstairs. Nope, it's up on the fourth floor. Uh, can let us know where it is. Yeah, the other thing I explored in the article was that um, in the last few years in Hong Kong, um, the government from Beijing has really imposed a lot of restrictions on freedom of the press and um, all that. And so it's probably one of the reasons why the church also kept the, the, the open house as kind of a secret. Yeah, didn't want to draw too much attention to it. Uh, it's dedicated in the middle of June, but we don't know by who? We don't yet. I haven't said. Speculation? Uh, Elder Gong, maybe I don't know. Yeah, because he's. Uh, I think his parents are from Taiwan, though, so that might not be great for China. Uh, but it's closer than like you know, <laughs> it's closer than President Nelson or you know Elder Suarez. It makes a little more sense than some sure. than literally any of the rest of the twelve or the first presidency. But yeah, go go read that article if you want a little bit more information about kind of what happened during the Shanghai announcement and maybe some stuff that would be affected because of this. There will be a link for that in the show notes with this episode that people can check out. Uh, Tokyo, uh, it's all about that. We're, we're not keeping that a secret at all. It's not a secret. This temple open house has been delayed um, because of COVID for a long time. But finally, it's open. The open house is um, the June 4th through the 18th. Elder Stevenson recently went there. He um, served his mission there. He was a mission president there, and he was an area president there. So mm. he was there to open the, the open house, I guess. And we think he'll probably dedicate it, I would imagine. He's not. Too. It's going to be uh, President Iring. Interesting. So. Any idea why that would be the case in that one? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> huh. I guess that's just what he was assigned to do. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Chosen, selected, but but we don't, there isn't any sort of uh, personal history with Elder Iring in, in Tokyo, is there? I would have to read his biography to know that. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. You seem um, to know everything. So I love being able to toss all of these things uh, at you. Uh, the Tokyo temple is also kind of one of these temples like uh, the Rome, Italy temple and some other places where it's not just a temple. It's like the Mormon megaplex. Kind of like all it's kind of a, a compact block, but yeah, mm-hmm. they built like a new annex, which is like a, they have a visitor center, a chapel and mission offices, area offices and a family history center. Um, so they built that big new um building right next to the temple and it really matches the temple a lot better than it did before in the interior of the temple it was essentially kind of like the jordan river temple kind of a design from the 80s but they've really transformed the interior to basically be very uniquely japanese is there a part of the annex like uh in the rome uh or right next to the rome italy temple where people that are coming to do work can stay or is it completely just facilities i believe so i'd have to check though okay okay uh, a secret that we haven't kept well at all is the Washington, D.C. temple. Uh, as we record this one last final week, you got to go. I did, yeah. Um, and a quarter of a million people have gone so far. It's incredible. So on the Saturday before Memorial Day alone, there was 14,000 people and the lines all across the grounds. And so when I was there, there wasn't any lines. So, But if you're going to go in this last week, you'll probably have to expect to wait. Is there any chance that they'll push it? They said that they will. They were considering it as mm-hmm. necessary. I've read in recent news releases that nope, it's June 11th, but they delayed the rededication. So I'm assuming that if they delayed the rededication, then maybe they'll open up on weekends. I'm not sure. What's the official uh, rededication date? I guess um, 24th, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they got a lot of time and it doesn't take that long to change the carpet out and you know the other things that they do between the temples. Sure, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, other things, other updates, take us around the globe as we hit these real quick and then let you back to your day. Yeah. Just a few construction things. Um, Elder Rasbin went to the site of the Nairobi Kenya temple. That will be the first temple in East Africa. So he, he toured the whole area and he stopped there at the temple site. Uh, Elder Suarez in New Zealand. I saw this, that, that was all over the press. Uh, that he was there instilling hope in people and that people are super excited about the temple there. And yeah, in, currently uh, New Zealand doesn't have any temples open, but the the original temple in Hamilton will be rededicated later this summer. And then the Auckland temple is under construction. And I appreciate it that you said Hamilton, like a normal person, not Hamilton, <laughs> which is a tendency I can't get away from anymore. Uh, a lot of people pinged me about this because of, you know, the statements I've made about the angel Moroni, um, that on none of the new temples since president Nelson said, Hey, no more Moroni's on the temple, or I'm sorry, no more Mormons. We're church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any temple that was announced at that general conference, it's permissible or allowable or could have a temple with a Moroni on it. But any of the ones announced after that in their renderings and in their construction have not had Moroni's on it. So far that holds true. Uh, but oh, it's true. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's what he was intending, but <laughs> there was at least some point when he went to the temple department, I'm, I'm assuming. And he said, Hey, stop doing the Moroni. I, I, it's gotta be the same thing, right? Cause if it's not, <laughs> if it's not Mormon's church, it can't be Moroni's church. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's what I think happened. Uh, so there's only going to be three more temples that receive a Moroni. Those are Erdendeta Philippines, South Argentina and Pueblo, Mexico. So we'll see who gets the last one. And of course, the one that we're talking about is the the uh, Red Cliffs, Utah Temple, which is actually called the. It, no, that's not the feather one. That that one's no. in California. Yeah, that is was it the Red, Yuba City. Is it Red Cliffs, Utah? 
Yeah, they announced it as the Washington County Temple. Oh, that's right. That's but right. then because it's in the, the St. George City limits, they kind of need another name. They can't just be St. George 2. Yeah. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Uh, what about the uh, Dubai UAE Temple? Yeah, so this last week, um, both the Desert News and the Salt Lake Tribune released articles detailing a little bit more about this temple. So I'll hit some of the highlights, but go ahead and look at both of those uh, publications. They both had excellent um, facts and they kind of both hit different things. So um, kind of you can fill in the, the blanks in each one. Uh, but basically, yeah, I was go going to say hit highlights for me. Yeah. So basically the um, one of the main leaders of the Expo 2020, which is kind of like the World's Fair in Dubai, um, his name is Giovanni Crescioni. Um, he's a he's a young convert of the church and he was hired to um, he's from Italy. He was hired to um, help in the Dubai Expo. And he basically um, got to connect some of the church leaders to high government leaders. Um, and there was one leader, uh, Her Excellency Al Hashimi, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. But she ended up basically paying, a, paying a, 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 a pivotal role in getting all those permits and everything. And so originally they wanted even the um, Tabernacle Choir to go to Dubai, oh, cool. obviously because of the... Um, the pandemic that did not happen, but um, they did get permission to build that temple and they didn't quite have the details of what the government leader said, but they just said, we don't wait for opportunities. We create them. So that's awesome. Is there any plan presently for the tab cats to make their way back out there? Not yet. We'll see what that, happens. That'd be super cool. Some of the pictures and stuff that I've seen from Dubai, like it just seems like out of this world. It also seems super expensive. I'd be curious to know the cost of that particular property for the church in Dubai? Oh yeah. Um, they're trying to redevelop the area. So currently it was the expo center, but then they're going to take down all the temporary construction and then build kind of a, a smaller city. So we'll see. I don't know. And and it's sort of unique in it's, uh, if I'm remembering correctly in the, like, uh, in the look of it, it's feels very like Hong Kongy, like, uh, it, it's sort of like business building, right? It doesn't look like a temple like other temples. Well, Maybe you've seen stuff that I haven't seen, but I, I'm pretty sure they haven't released the rendering publicly. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> I think maybe, I wonder what I'm, well, check those links, those sources, because I don't have any sources beyond what Corey oh, told I think us. You're probably looking at the, there's a meeting house in Abu Dhabi. That's what it next is. Next door to Dubai. Yes, that, that's the what i The church built that stake center about 10 years ago. Yep. So. See, you're better than I am. That's why we have you here on the temple ticker. I like it. I think I'm going to own it. I sort of hesitantly named it the temple ticker, but uh, the temple ticker with Korahor might be my favorite thing we've <laughs> named here in the cultural hall in a long time. Uh, Corey, I appreciate you getting and knowing and having all the research as you do. Uh, you can always email me, contact at theculturalhall.com, and I'll pass that along to Corey until we get that email address, because uh, I think I can do it. I think I have the tech to do it. Temple ticker at theculturalhall.com. And then I'll just have that forward to you. But that's not there yet. It's contact at theculturalhall.com. I make things so confusing. Corey, thanks for being here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Mr. Mayor, are you ready to do this? Oh, man. Do I have to do this today? Well, let's see okay. how you do. Let's see I how made, I do it. Because I, I completely did, edited you, you it out. You threw it at me, and I didn't even pull up my cheat sheet. So we'll see how I do. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope that you will all go home in safety. And that if you weren't healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. That's right. 
In the meantime, Wandering Wheaton's Ranch, Rick McGee, Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, Debbie Wanless, Chris at alpinelakestravel.com, and Miracles, I told you so, we'll be saving a seat on the back row of, at, the, of cultural. the cultural hall. Come on, not at the cultural hall, of the cultural hall. Of the cultural hall. See, I can't get anything right. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the cultural hall show.